Hello, this is an audio version of a lockdown special live video stream, which you can still find on British Canoeing's YouTube and Facebook channels. Today, Etienne Stott is in conversation with Bill Bailey. Welcome again to the Paddlecast with me, Etienne Stott, brought to you by British Canoeing. This is the fifth episode of our series, and we're really, really happy that you've come along. But all of this is out there on British Canoeing Facebook and YouTube channel. You can easily find it, and really good to have you along. So I don't know about you, but I've managed to get on the water twice this last six days, and it's just been an absolutely beautiful feeling. And uh, I've even got some sun on my arms, which has been lovely. And I'm hoping things might just be feeling a little bit brighter and lighter for you all. But perhaps tonight we can make it even a little bit brighter still because we've got an amazing guest with us tonight. I'm really excited to welcome someone very special to the Paddlecast, someone who is absolute legend and a paddler, and that's Bill Bailey. So welcome, Bill. How are you doing, mate? Hey, Etienne. Yeah, very good, thanks. Yeah. Thank you for coming along. And look, you know, a lot of people know Bill Bailey, but you've done all sorts of stuff. Black books, never mind the buzzcocks, QI, and tons of stand-up stuff. Apparently, yes. you were voted seventh in the all-time list of 100 seventh. best comedians. Yeah. I know. I know. And I'm I always think 10. because you're a paddler, you should be due at least that eight step, you know, bump up the lift uh, list because you're a, you're a canoeist. Yeah, uh, exactly. Paddler, so. Thanks for that. So I'd say it. you're at least plus plus one on the list. So thank you so much. And yeah. I just wondering, you know, these last few weeks have been weird, right? And how has it been? Have you been, is, is it been all right or has it been strange? Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, it is strange, isn't it? There's no doubt. It's surreal. Um, and you know, we all have to kind of cope with it in, in our own way. I mean, the, the sort of the idea of, you know, this, this, this quarantining that we're in this you know, enforced isolation for a lot of people, it must be really tough. And it has, I think it has been really tough on a lot of people and it's, and it's surreal being out in the streets and, you know, you're sort of, you're aware of people much more and, you know, this sort of the strangeness that we feel you know when we we venture out um and you know, should we you know avoid people um the kind of and and then the sort of the sense of dread as well i mean after all mm. you know, there is this there is this kind of this this thing stalking thing us all out there yeah. you know and yeah. it's a low level this sense of like oh you know yeah okay we're inside we're in not we're, we're trying to be normal and have dinner and you know but you can't avoid thinking about this and then you read and see the news and this is desperately you know this situation of people the numbers of people sort of increasing all the time and it's sort of it's actually like it, it, it's hard to kind of I, I imagine it's you know for some people I mean we're lucky I'm very lucky we're very fortunate we have a little garden we can get out to mm, um, yeah. we can get some outdoor space um, but yes, if you're sort of holed up in a in a flat, maybe with little kids who, who just don't understand what's going on, it must be really, really tough. Um, and uh, but then you know, at the same have time, have you been busy? Have you been finding it? You know, have you yeah. been have you been lots busy, or has it been rela- I, have you been relaxing? It, How's it been? It's, it's been um, quite. I've managed to be quite creative as well at the time. Um, I was just about to say that you know one of the, the sort of strange almost the kind of ironic, the perverse sort of upside of it all is that we're having to spend a bit more time thinking about things, you know, generally mm. about everything. 
You know, we have yeah. to kind of consider like the way that we live, maybe, you know, our, our relationship with nature, you know, and the fact that, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here in my little conservatory bit and I can hear birdsong. We can hear yeah. birds. We hear much more. Is that birds not because song. you've got a bird cage in the back of in in your conservatory? <laughs> yeah, that's right. There are just birds right there. So uh, that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're. Uh, that's incredible, isn't it? But it is. It's like you know, you you hear more bird song. The, the the water. I mean, I was I, today. Um, you know, I've been out you know on the bike actually um, down by the river, and you, you know the water looks much clearer. There's loads of wildlife around. Um, but yes, I've been trying to be creative. I've been trying to write. Um, I've been sort of uh, um, doing a few of these interviews. I've uh, been doing lots of drawing. I've, I've got into sort of anim- you know sort of drawing butterflies actually. So I find that incredibly therapeutic. Drawing birds and butterflies. So p- possibly for a book at some point in the future. I don't know. But, I actually uh, saw yeah. a drawing of one of yours. It was incredibly detailed and beautiful. I was like, really, that's uh, it was of, a, of your favorite moth, I think it was. And it that's was right. really like yeah, you can yeah, see well, you spent some serious work on that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, it's something I sort of rediscovered from from childhood. I used to love drawing and I just didn't I didn't really pursue it at all. And I sort of, mm. you know, ended up doing comedy, and <laughs> which is, you know, it was, which is fine. But um recently i've got back into it and um in fact i don't know if you can see but yeah just behind yeah wow well, yeah drawing my drawing table so you know these are all my uh my, <laughs> that is of, a lot of coloring pencils. My little, i like it yeah my little sort of haven but um so yeah i've been i've been trying to stay busy um and uh you know stay positive and how many how many podcasts have you done today already? Is this your fifth interview of the day? You've been yeah. cracking them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm actually doing another Zoom call with someone else right now. No, I'm I'm actually um, <laughs> yeah, you could you could do it twice and 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 send it out to both at the <laughs> same right, time. Yeah. I know. I um I, I've been uh, I've done a few in, phone interviews. Um, mm. I did a, t- a TV show uh, on Skype, which was uh, which was strange um it's just weird the whole thing you know odd things you know happen you know like things you don't predict like you know i was um i was doing a live skype interview in the garden and uh and and you know the tv it was a live tv show and they're saying okay we're going live you know to bill bailey any second now right here and so you know 10 10 okay go and then they said so bill you know can you can you speak up a bit you know and just say what you're doing and how you how's lockdown treating you and then i i realized that you know, i'm out in the garden and all the neighbors have got all their windows open and they're all sort of like <laughs> listening in and I, I suddenly got very self-conscious about the whole thing you know like and i was going well everything you know everything's fine and you know trying to sort of whisper into feel a bit overlooked yeah yeah a bit over yeah like completely sort of but not like show. you're used to being on stage with thousands of people watching yeah, exactly. you exactly like, like i know that why would that be a problem somehow with my own neighbors looking at me uh, in the garden i just i don't know I, so I, I went i went indoors in the end and uh, <laughs> i just got a bit too i'm a bit shy like that so anyway yeah. but other than that other than that I, honestly i feel very fortunate to have um you know to have a bit of open uh, space uh, sit in a garden, uh, opportunity, a space to write, to think, you know, um, mm. it's, 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 I, and we don't really know how long really this will continue. Yeah, Social distancing, 
might be a thing that we have to adapt to uh, in the long term. Mm. Uh, you know, we might just the whole our world has to be remade a little bit, you know, to sort of mm. accommodate this this um, this virus. And and uh, you know, it, it's the. I, I hope that my my hope is that it does make us all consider a little bit about the way that we live um, mm. and uh, our, our, and what our relationship is with nature and our relationship with the planet you know does it mm. mean we we won't be getting on flights does it mean that we travel less that we 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 explore our local area a bit more we make better connections with our neighbors we get to know ourselves a bit more i don't know maybe there's there's so many yeah there's so many opportunities there's so many yes yeah. i guess for many people it's uh it's been very positive and i guess it's been really tough for some people but i think a lot of people yeah. if, you, if you're lucky enough it's been you know, some really wonderful things and uh yes. i mean one of the cool things is we got to get a, do a podcast with someone like you so that's cool so really uh you know it's cool because all sorts of other things have happened that would you know perhaps more difficult yeah. to happen so i just want to get started yeah. because the most amazing thing to discover find out that you are a paddleboarder and it's like yes, yes that's cool you're a paddler and anyone who holds a paddle they're, they're friends of ours you know they're family well, and i just wondered great. how you got into it when when did that get started for it? and how long ago and, and and how what was the process well um i think now uh, let's see my son is now he's 16 so he start uh, he was t- having a surf lesson when i started i got on the board for the first time so he must have been eight uh mm. eight or seven or eight um so it's a few few years ago oh, wow. and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and i was in um i was in bali i was in indonesia and uh he was getting a surf lesson and i just thought well i'll i'll just have a go on this um on this paddleboard you know and uh of course it was like the most the the, the, the most inappropriate board for a complete <laughs> beginner it was like a it was it was the it was like a sort of racing board, you know. It didn't mm. it wasn't even flat. It was kind of like you know you had All to right, yeah, yeah. Okay. grip it with your feet, you yeah, know. Yeah. And it, I mean, I really struggled on it, and uh, and and I was I was thinking, oh, no, no, I don't think this is for me. Anyway, somebody pointed out, no, 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 that's like some ridiculous race board. You got to try this. So I tried a much bigger board, or more, ex, you know, a, a kind of you know explorer type of board. And I went, oh yeah, I can get into this. And then I really sort of fell for it in a massive way i just thought this is something that i i can do i can do at home i don't have to do it in the tropics you know you don't need surf for it i can get on any water i can go on the river and lakes and canals and estuaries and this and it's freedom it's like Mm. the free the, the simplicity of it really appealed to me you know and very soon after i got back I investigated a bit more. I got to meet um, uh, Paul Hyman, who runs Active 360, the sort of SUP school. And yeah. through him, I got to know more about boards, bought a few boards, a couple of boards for me and my son. And then we just went paddling every weekend. We just went yeah. out on the Thames in all winds and weathers. And, you know, we just learned. We just kind of learned the ups and downs of it, what the gear to wear. To, we learned the tides we learned about to you know where the best places to put the board in the mm. hazards things to look out for and and i just sort of completely fell in love with it i fell in love with the freedom of it and 
just the position on the water being sort of, you know, upright on the water. Yes, having different perspective, better sort of field of view. And um, did you ever you know, paddle when you were was... younger? Did you ever do kayaking or canoeing when you were younger in the scouts I did or anything kayaking, like that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So you kind of had a bit of a sort of into it from that sort of angle as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when I, I remember our school trip, we went, um, we went, we learned how to kayak. We you know, did all the flipping and all the rest of it. We, I, I had that in my. That was when you know, when messing I messing around on the river probably. type stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I sort of, I've always loved it. And in fact, before we got into SUP, we we did do a lot of kayaking. You know, we went just simple stuff like you know the ocean type, sit on top, start with the kids, and then into the more sort of you know technical stuff. So I've always loved being on the water. Love it. You know, mm. it's it's like um, it's a real, it's just being, you know, in the outdoors, experiencing nature from a different perspective. And have you been on the water recently? Did you manage to get on the uh, on, on since since the lockdown the no. restrictions were eased a little bit? So you've not been. It must be hurting you in this beautiful yeah. sunny weather. I oh. felt almost like he could be going paddleboarding tonight, and he's here with I us. I know it is. It's. It's perfect now. It's like the sort of perfect conditions. There's no wind. It's warm. Um, the, I, I actually, today I went on the mountain bike. Um, I did a, a long trip with a friend of mine. We went from here in Hammersmith. We cycled all the way to Staines. And, oh, yeah. um, and, but part of it was a fun ride, but part of it was a recce to sort of look for places to put the paddleboard uh, in along yeah, the way. Yeah. So I'm just looking for places where, because I think as the restrictions maybe are eased a little bit, um, then there's going to be places that maybe we can drive to and just paddle or maybe, you know, put the boards in. So I'm just, it was really to have a look to see whether there's some, there's some, I mean, there's some beautiful spots as well, all the way along the river, especially once you get past Teddington, when you're mm. into the non-tidal bit of the Thames, it's just beautiful water. And do you like is that sort of exploring side? Because that's one of the things that I think is really cool about canoeing, kayaking, stand-up paddleboarding, whatever, being on a river, although it's obviously a kind of restricted channel, right? You're discovering mm. it for the first time, you know, and you kind of go, oh, I wonder what's down that little side chute there yes. and you go around. And I love that. I think, you know, that's what I did when I was oh. a kid. And even now, if I see, actually, I went down a part of a River Trent here in Nottingham where I live in the winter, mm. I found like a whole new side chute on it I've never been to. It wasn't interesting. It was just a side shoot, but it was really cool just to go explore. And I love that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, that's it. I think that's it. I mean, I think one of the other aspects of of, um, of stand-up paddleboard was on the river was exactly that. You get to see a bit of old London mm. uh, from the river. And the river is what was here before anything else. The river mm. is was the the reason why there's a settlement here why there's a the, you know yeah. why there's london why there's a city yeah. and so everything sort of flowed from the river all the settlements all the buildings so so you when you get down to sort of water level you can see all of this old london uh in a way that you just you're not aware of you know you you might be oblivious to it driving through mm. the city or even walking through the city but from the river you can see all this stuff and then and on the board, of course, you can just sort of think, oh, look at that. And then you just, you know, let's explore this little tributary. And you find all these old old buildings, old, 
you know, the, the sort of remnants of industrial Britain. And yeah, I was about to say that. that. Yeah, you see some old stuff, don't you? Some sort of like, yeah. you can see sometimes the foundations, you know, the sort of yeah. archways and stuff and stuff that's being built on. And I, I quite like that, if I'm honest. It, yes. it, it's sort of, I don't know, you just feel like you're seeing something that not everyone sees. And even if you're Absolutely. walking down the same bit of river, you don't see it in quite the same way. And I don't know, I, no. don't, I can't figure that out. I don't know how that is. No, I think it's just the, the the fact that you know we when you're on the water you are um, you're sort of in the the same you're in the same place that you're in the same position as the first settlers the first people mm. that came would have been on boats when little boats going across the river and so the the sort of structure of of the city would have been built up from the river bank mm. and yeah, so yeah, yeah, you're enough. seeing all of that structure all of that sort of the the kind of you know the 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 old wharves the old places the 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 piers the places that boats would have you know would be um moored up to you're seeing all of that which mm. you just don't see from the riverbank and I, it's one of the things i love about it it's also one of the i, I get to see a lot of wildlife from the board that you wouldn't necessarily see like I, uh, I, I did exactly what you're saying. You know, uh, me and a friend, um, Soren, um, we paddled from. We went up the, um, uh, um, what do you call it? the Grand, the the canal off the uh, the River Brent. In fact, off the Thames. Okay. And it's yeah, a, yeah. a tributary, and it, we got in in a in a funny little sort of housing estate. You know, like we just <laughs> like you know drag the boards down you know pump them up at the side of the you know i think and we got to see amazing old old boats old boats that were moored up there amazing old bits of industrial britain and then and then an amazing thing happened a kingfisher flew right in mm. front of me and i mean i've been you know i've lived in london now a long time and i've never seen a kingfisher that close mm. Ever. I still remember the first time I saw Kingfisher. It was not that long ago. I think they've started to come back um, yeah. because it, it, in Nottingham, where we go, so I train, I used to train in, at home here, and there's the lake where we warm up on stuff. And I remember seeing a Kingfisher, the foot, and I was like, what on earth is that? It's the most bluest. It's an almost an unnatural color, isn't it? You yeah. see some electric yeah. thing, and you're like, "Wow!" And then I was, like, "Oh, that must that must be a kingfisher." Otherwise, yes. I don't know what it is because it was literally, and it, they're, they're super cool, and it still lives there. I still see it once in a while. Well, yeah. I haven't seen it for a while recently, but I'm hoping it's still. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and do you get to do you, do you like any? Oh, yeah. Here we go. There's a good question from Graham. Um, he's asking oh. you, "What is your favorite place to have paddled?" Wonder if you can answer that question. Oh well. Um... I, I mean, know. it's a hard, it's a hard question, right? For it's any a hard, person, hard one because you know the thing is that you know I started paddling on the Thames, and so you mm. know my fondest memories, in some ways, are of sort of urban paddles, you know, yeah, yeah. around buildings and tributaries. And but I've got to say that one of the most spectacular places that um, uh, I paddled was in Indonesia. Mm. Uh, and it was um, in a place, a, a group of islands called Wayag, and it's a, a, a World Heritage Site, a UNESCO World Heritage Site, mm. and it's um, a, a series of of lagoons which are in case enclosed by these huge, like they're called casts, they're limestone casts, they're like towers of mm -hmm. limestone, and it's the most surreal. So it looks like the kind of land that time forgot, 
and it the 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 it's the lagoons are these sort of turquoise beautiful sort of you know, full of life and this reef and these pristine mm. white beaches and it felt like we were the only well we were for a while we were the only people there mm. and it was and being on the board as well just uh exploring in a place like that you feel that you know you're sort of this is almost like I, I don't think it will ever get better than this. You know, it's mm. just the, the 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 tranquility of it, the solitude, the the beauty of the place. Um, and that's one of the things that I really like as well. When cliffs, or even like when, like you said earlier on the wharfs, we used to have these cool this kind of wharf back in in, in on the River Trent. You know, just yeah. being close to it, again, I can't understand because you know you stand next to walls all the time, right? But when you're next to like a you know a cliff or even a, you know yeah. you're seeing it in this really different way and. It sounds it sounds really nice. We've got a bit of a video to play. I think uh, we've oh. got it in the background there, and it's uh, I think it's from when you were on the on the Great Barrier Reef. Um, I think in Australia, and I think oh, it yes. kind of shows um, what it's what it looks like. I'm hoping we can get it up to kind of show. Oh yes, what it's about this here we go. Drone shot, yeah. And this yeah. was um, it looks when, like wow. It's just stunning. I mean, this was this was out on um, uh, one of the K's. You can see it just on the on the left there. And it's mm. it's just a little spit of of sand out uh, in the the reef. This is out of Cairns in Australia, and the um, you can see the the expanse of it, you know. And the the water's quite shallow, but again, you get a sense of the sort of the 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 scope of it, the size of it. Um, the and awe. as it pulls back, yeah, it's just. I mean, it is spectacular. Um, that was that was a beautiful day as well. That was a lovely day. Uh, I was on tour in Australia and we went out from Cairns out on the reef and um, I did some paddling around here. I mean, look at that. You actually, you even get a certain sense of the curvature of, <laughs> of the earth. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Minute, you know, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's what I love about it. I look at that. I mean, the freedom of it, you know, the the sort of the solitude of it and the kind of just the, the sort of position on the water. Mm. And I've got to say that, um, paddling in uh, in Australia has been a, a real revelation. In traveling around Australia, I mean, look at that. When I was in um, Tasmania, uh, I was doing a show down in Tasmania, and we were taken to Melaleuca Lagoon. And Melaleuca mm -hmm. Lagoon is this pristine sort of natural wilderness in the southern part of Tasmania. And we were taken to a sort of an Aboriginal site. And it was a midden, you know, like where they used to t throw all the, um, you know, old seashells. Mm. And next to it was the sort of remains of an Aboriginal settlement. And on a little spit of land on the lagoon was a preserved Aboriginal bark canoe. And yeah. the guide said to me, oh, yeah, this is what the um, Aborigines uh, would, would travel around on. And it was and I looked at it and I thought. Wait a minute! This is a this is the this is a paddleboard. It's the same size and shape mm. as a paddleboard. And then he said, "Yeah, they used to stand on it and use a paddle to paddle themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. around." And so I was thinking, you know, like people say, "Oh, when did paddleboarding start?" Oh, it was in the fifties. No, 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 no. It was it was forty thousand years ago. Mm. That's yeah, yeah. When it started. That's why it feels. It feels natural. It feels like something that we, as a species, as an as a creature, we've been doing this for mm. thousands of years. Yeah, 
I've got to be honest as well, and I, I'm a I'm a canoeist and a kayaker, and, and I think that yeah, standing up is an interesting way of experiencing uh, because it's like yeah. a co- different connection to the to the water as well. Yes. So here's another question we've got. What's this says? So, yes, have you ever done any multi day trips? Have you ever been on like an expeditiony type longer thing or anything, or do you just keep it local, keep it day trippy type? Um, no, do you know what? Um, yeah, I would. Uh, we've done a sort of just on the Thames, really, a little bit of just paddling and then camping and then paddling mm. you know oh, man. and yeah and and that uh i would say that's one of my favorite things to do that's um, something i've not done yet and i want to yeah. get out there for like a sort of long yes. adventure uh absolutely in fact um one of my great ambitions in fact what something i talked about doing for sport relief one year was paddling the length of england so right. starting up on the Scottish border and then using all the canals and connecting waterways to paddle all the way down and end mm. up at sort of, I don't know, Tower Bridge or something, you know, uh, that would be, that's my sort of ultimate yeah, cool. dream. Really yeah. Cool. yeah. So I, I was thinking to ask you as well a little bit, you know, because we, we've kind of touched on it about this kind of wildlife and, and conservation and you're really, you, you, you're quite outspoken about this and I'm sure um, this, uh, this, the plastic pollution side of things is really kind of visible yeah. when you're on the water. And I guess the Thames probably, you probably can see it a bit as well, I guess, is it? And I wonder yeah. what's your thoughts on that? Because that's something you can't help, but kind of it gets under that's your skin right. a bit, right? Yeah, that's right. And, um, uh, you know, it, you can't avoid, you can't avoid seeing it. And um, in it's, you know, even some of the sort of draw docks where you try to get, put the board in, especially at low tide, it's just full of plastic and degraded plastic and cups and single-use mm. plastic cups. And that's why I got involved in um, a campaign that, uh, again, Paul Hyman and Active360 got. Uh, um, it was a great initiative. Lots of people who had an investment in the river, a thing called In the Drink. And the idea right. was to try and uh, persuade all of the riverside pubs and cafes and restaurants to stop using single-use plastic mm. cups and replace them with you know uh, polymer or even stainless steel and 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 i've got to say it's it's very heartening that so many of them have, have really taken this on board so that's been a great that's a good a sort of positive um and i think generally that's the way that's the movement of travel i think more and more places will go like that but just because you know it's down to us we have to be the ones that demand it when we're in a pub or a restaurant or a cafe we say no no we don't want this plastic we want the where's your polymer one where's your stainless steel one and and mm-hmm. and you know people will respond to that so um you know that's that was a very that was a quite a sort of positive uh, an outcome to that particular uh, endeavor and i think that stand up paddleboarding you know i know quite a few people who have kind of it seems like really accessible way of getting people on the river and getting people yeah. involved in kind of river cleanups i think that's one of the cool things nowadays like all sorts of paddle sports seem to be a bit more easily accessible and get people out and, and as soon as get people out i think people start to think oh, okay something going on here yeah yeah that's right i mean and it's i've been like on a few a, of these these paddling paddle and pick you know you get a little a little hook oh, yeah. and you attach it to your paddle and you can just go out and put a little bucket on the board and then, you know, you, you get a whole bunch of you out, get a load of kids involved and you go out and pick up plastic and, you know, you can make it into a fun thing to do. And I've been on a few of those and they're, they're great fun. And it's also great, you know, getting kids involved, you know, getting my son involved at a young age was brilliant to watch, you know, seeing him out on the river. And he came out and he had this pile of stuff and he found all this stuff, old tennis balls and uh, he found somebody's school report 
probably just chucked it in the river. And uh, grade F written on it, they were yeah, like, no, I don't it. need yeah, this right. anymore. I'm out of here. Chuck it in. <laughs> oh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Johnson giving me a rubbish grade. I'll chuck his yeah, in the river. That's it. Go. Well, on the last report? day of school. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, no, that all of that is 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 really positive. Encouraging people to to be more responsible about their the river use, encouraging mm. people to enjoy the river. Um, it's you know, and it's a great way to stay fit and stay in shape. Uh, and are you are you fitter and stronger than you've ever been since the uh, since the lockdown? Since, Have you been getting out and you've been sort of managing to reap the benefits of of, of that? Well, because like you were quite athletic one. when you were younger. I read that on your Wikipedia. It said you yes. you were like a bit of a you know you're you're a, you're a man of many talents: athletic, was, musical, sports, funny, yeah. clever. What else well, can I do? Yeah. Uh, I was into sport. I mean, I would I would always be part of the cricket team or the football team. I was really into it, and I was a kid. And then, I guess you know, I sort of was diverted into the uh, reckless world of comedy. So um, mm. you know, but this is these last few years, I've really sort of tried to you know re embrace all of these things that I, like, yeah. I loved to do when I was a kid. And so yeah, I mean, I I, I haven't and sadly haven't been out on the water yet, but I've been out on the bike most days. Um, I try and, you know, get in a few miles every day just to kind of, you know, keep my hand in, stay reasonably, um, reasonably fit because, you know, there'll be a time when, as we say, you know, the restrictions will be let, will be released a little bit and we'll be able to get out and do some more paddling. Mm. And this kind of links me on as well because I sort of, oh, here we go. How many times have you involuntarily capsized? I guess that means how many times you fell in. Do you, (laughs) you, you must be through that phase, but yeah. Uh, I tell you the um, yeah. I mean, that's right. When you start out and you're a little bit sort of unstable, you know, you there's a couple of times when you, you the center of gravity is just just you know it tricks you. you think, what you should oh, do is get some weights on your feet, and then you have a lower center of gravity. That'll help yes, you. Yes, exactly. Well, I, there's a couple of times I was training out at Bray Lake, and I just uh, I went in, and then another time when I was out on the Thames with a bunch of a uh, bunch of us and um and uh i was doing okay and i was and then it was low tide and uh, i i foolishly paddled in to the shallows to have a look at something and i was sort of focusing on what i was looking at and then the fin of the board uh. caught on some debris on a on a branch that i hadn't seen so the board just stopped and i and just carried on Big yeah. like road runner, you know, to, to, to the end of the board. Then I ran out of board, and then I just went in. Like, I mean, it's only like four feet of water, but it was, you know. So you, oh, but I hate that mud—the mud that you get, that, you know, right on the edge. That's like bad smelling stuff. Yeah, it's evil. And you can't get it out of your shoes for ages as well. So no, I think I, I think I've just been the shoes in the end. I just you could never get the smell out. John Lewis is asking, "What about a tour by paddleboard, Bill? You need to get your agent on the case here. Get him, oh, yes, get him yes. to go like." Let's do it. Let's do you know get what? it happening. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I hundred percent. And in fact, what's that know, politician guy who does Michael Portillo goes around in a in a barge? Is barge that right? Or something? Does he do yeah, that? yeah. Well, you can do it on a stand up paddleboard. Oh, he does trains, does he? I can't remember. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. trains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's made it's made for it. You know, stand up on a paddleboard. I mean, come on. You know, it's it's this right. It's ready made. Um, I uh, I've actually pitched an idea about paddling down the rivers main the the sort of major rivers of britain and then possibly around the world 
and doing exactly what we were talking about, talking about the history of a city uh, from the from the perspective of the board mm. and using a bit of CGI to sort of show how things were and how they are now. So, like, you know, sort of totally, like, one side of the river, you've got, you know, you, you CGI in how it was, and then the other side you show it is now. Yeah. And that's, we, we sort of went a long way down the road with that. So, who knows? I'd love that to happen. Um, you know, that would be something I'd, I would be, I'd be right up for. So, yeah, man, that sounds cool. And I, I've, so, yeah, here's another thing. So I just spotted this in the comments. It's, it's swan time. I've been on, I've been on the water a bit now and the swans yes. are already getting a bit feisty. So you just watch yes. yourself out there. Cause I, I reckon I'm, swans would easily take a stand up paddleboard out of the game if you're not careful. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've got an extra long paddle as well to kind of protect yourself if needs be, which we obviously would not encourage. But sometimes they have actually, I have actually had it in my C2 where they've been straight at me and it's been not very nice. It's been not cool. I think the thing is to hold a, get a picture of a swan, another swan. Oh, yes. Or a mirror. You can carry a mirror on your back. Just a mirror. Yeah, just a mirror. Because that's really practical. I always, (laughs) a full length, six foot mirror. And the swan's like, Whoa! It would be quite a yeah. But you think about it, there's all sorts of potential for that. Now I'm going to have to contemplate that. So, I was going to ask you, Bill, as well. You know, we, we were it's Mental Health Awareness Week, and one of the things you know we we're just touching on physical health, and we've talked about it quite a bit because of the lockdown. And yeah. I guess you must have been involved in some intense situations. Me, you know, I, I, I was performed at the Olympic Games, and that was full on. But my most scariest thing was after the Olympics when I did a TED talk and I did it at the Lowry Theatre in Salford. And I think mm. it was like six tears or something like that. And I was my heart, I literally felt my whole heart about to burst. I was so scared. And I'm wondering if your mental health, do you, you know, comedy and all this stuff that you do, is that connected to it or is that an expression for it? And how do you deal with that sort of intensity? Because I was just thinking the other day, you do this all the time, but surely it must be it must be full on. Yeah. It is. And um, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I love paddling, because you mm. can you can sort of you switch off a little bit. You can it's a it's a form of meditation and mm. it's a form of um, active meditation, I think. And I yeah. think that I, I actually think I'm able to think up, you know, ideas and go through thoughts when I'm paddling because you're focusing on a physical act. And I think that's yeah, one yeah. of the great um the advantages of it one of the great sort of benefits to our Sophie's asking our about physical paddle health, sport yoga is because it makes you yeah it is you, you focus on your technique you're focusing on balance and you're aware of your surroundings but you're sort of also just you know in the moment and I think that's such a sort of a, a, a great um it's a moment to take sort of time out from everything you know you may necessarily have your phone on and so for comedy, in terms of comedy, when, um, like, as you say, I mean, I've done, I've been doing it a while. So it's not a question of nerves anymore. It's a question of just managing the adrenaline because you okay. get a huge adrenaline rush. When I, when I was about to go on stage at, um, at Sonosphere Festival, it's a big metal festival in Nebworth. Oh, yeah. And it was, um, and I was on, I was on, I was headlining one of the, one of the stages. I was on before Slipknot. Oh, wow. And uh, you know, and friendly so crowd. There's sixty five thousand people, and it was like a sort of out of body experience, you know. And and so what I tend to find, I it was really for a metal crowd as well. I mean, they, they, these are guys, you know, that were just like you don't you don't want to 
you know, annoy the Slipknot fans. And no, um, and the thing is, what I tend to do, I I visualize a lot. I visualize the show, me watching it. Every time I go to a theater, I I make a point of sitting in the empty theater before the show and imagining myself as one of the audience watching the show. So I kind of get a sort of, you know, it, it normalizes the experience. So yeah. it's like, it's not just, oh, I'm doing another gig. No, this is a, there's a show, there's going to be people watching. This is what it's going to look like from up there. Uh, and so on the Sonosphere day, I went out into the auditorium the day before just to experience what it was like. So I think, yes, I mean, it does affect you in different ways. It can affect people in certain ways. It can be very stressful, incredibly stressful. You know, you're, it's, your heart's going, you're, the expectation mm. is there. Um, but managing that, uh, that sort of fear of getting on the stage and being able to sort of cope with it has actually helped me in my own, just in life generally, you know, yeah. that b- ability to sort of be in, 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 on top of your own feelings and your own uh, adrenaline, you know, managing mm. that. Being able That's to a really of, interesting way of putting um, it. Yeah. Cope with it. And so, the other thing that I, you know, because I like this is we, you know, we're paddlecast, but I like to kind of bring all sorts of things in. I like to be a bit educational as well. And there's something that I found about you. I was speaking to one mm. of, my, of my friends, and she said you've done an amazing. She's a, a biology teacher, and she said you've done an mm. amazing uh, work on the works of Alfred Russell Wallace. And I know a little yes. bit about this guy, but I thought That's just right. to help our paddlers out, you know, just to give them a bit of education. You know, on a Thursday evening, you might just tell us a little bit about that and how cool you is. Yeah. Uh, well, well, the thing is, um, this came about from my travels in Indonesia, and uh, I was out in east, the eastern part of Indonesia, a place called the mm. Moluccas. And um, one of the things I love when I'm over there, we go birding, and there's some amazing birds, you know, um, in that part of the world. And I, I had this book. And it said the birds of Wallacea. And I thought, Wallacea, well, this is Indonesia. Why is this huge area of Indonesia named after this bloke Wallace? I, I, I'm intrigued by that. And so that really piqued my interest. And then I discovered, of course, that this guy, he was a, a Victorian naturalist, lived about the same time as Darwin. And he was probably the greatest um, field biologist of the or ever perhaps or certainly of the 19th yeah. century he was an incredible yeah. incredible man in, in, in amazingly courageous and curious and he traveled around indonesia for eight years and wow. he was in, in many ways he was the first european to actually see a lot of these places the first to see birds of paradise the first to study orangutans and the work that he did is now he's got this enormous body of work of books. He sort of he wrote about um, uh, evolutionary biology, um, biogeography. You know the the science of why things are the way where they are. You know the location of of of, um, of animals. Why animals certain animals are in certain parts of the world. Uh, and he also came up with a theory of evolution uh, by natural mm. selection um, at the same time as Darwin. So mm. he was really was one of the great characters of, of biology and nature in the 19th century. And his sort of name got a bit sort of dropped off the radar a bit in the 20th century. Mm. And, um, and my mission was to sort of, to kind of get his name back get up, up there, in lights. Yeah. 
No, it's it's really yeah. remarkable. It's a really remarkable. Uh, it's a lovely, you know, it's yeah. a lovely story as well because it sounds, you know, like a sort of you can imagine in them days, you know, it was real science. You know, it was out there on the front line, you know, doing stuff. It's right, amazing. I think it's cool. So I was going to ask you, you know, we're kind of coming towards the end now. We've been here chatting yeah. for a long time, and I really appreciate your time, and I'm yeah. really thankful for everyone who's tuning in. So it seems to me like your life, you know, you've managed to combine a lot of your passions and yeah. bring things from different places. You combine music and comedy. You've combined paddleboarding and nature. And you've combined, I guess, even mm. like, you know, this education, you know, this whole stuff all together. But I'm wondering, is there any possibility of combining comedy and stand-up paddleboarding or comedy, stand-up paddleboarding, music and nature. Can you think of any way that you can uh, bring these things yeah. together and create a whole new uh, listen, paradigm? I would I would love to do a stand-up show on a paddleboard. To act, mm. I would actually I would love to be able to sort of figure it out and actually <laughs> deliver the lines, you know, like with your keyboard on the stand-up paddleboard, to, you know, get in front of me in a boat. I I'd, I'd be right up for that. The next one of the next next few shows I'm going to do, I really want to try and make that work because I just think that would be that would just be like it'd be totally different. It would look fantastic, and mm. you know it, it could be about where I am. I could comment comment on where I am, but you know doing routines. And I think maybe I'm slightly limited instrument wise on a paddleboard. You know, I mean, where there's maybe a, where a little there's amplifier. A way, though. I mean, a little practice amp. <sighs> And a guitar. I mean, you know, I, you can I'm have a little sure raft. You can have a little raft of, of of boards behind you with all the different instruments, and you can like bring them alongside when you're ready for them. That's what I was sort yes. of visualizing. Like Absolutely. a little train. No, no, you got it. I think. I think. I'm. I'm yeah. not being funny. I think you're onto a winner. I think I could work with you if you need my creative input. I'm happy to uh, to help. Yeah, well. absolutely. You could just you know canoe alongside with a with a Marshall <laughs> stack. <laughs> yeah i don't see any i i tell you what look, look, look i'll get my agent to ring yours and, and we'll have it look we'll have it sorted out so let's do it i just I'm got down. a question one last question before we wrap it up here so dan has asked do you have a song that goes round and round in your head when you're paddling sometimes you know a sort of you know rolling on the river by credence clearwater revival or something like along those lines or anything do you have, get something like that or do you get do you just go out there for the peace how does it work Sometimes, yeah, it's just it's um, when I cycle. There's certainly music is craft work, but when I'm ah. on the on the water, when I'm paddling, it's ACDC, right? ah. because there's there's a lot of the songs that have a perfect there's there's a uh, rhythm yeah. turn with each like stroke it. of the paddle, like um, you know, like Back in Black is a particular one I'm thinking of. You know, and yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, I'd say yeah, ACDC. Cool. That's a we, we, yeah, it's done. And there's another angle there. I think there's a sort of paddleboard guitar kind of shaped paddleboard or something like that that you could with your billboard. You know, you could yeah. do a sort of you know some sort of shape like that. I don't know. There, I'm, 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 what metal, can I do? Metal boarding. Yeah, I've yeah, I've I'm, got all sorts all of that. ideas. Me. So, look, I'm going to just say thank you so much for being here, Bill. Uh, really, it's super cool. Um, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you get on the water soon. It's been lovely to see yes. you. And, um, look, I hope so, yeah. I just uh, I hope that we'll, our, our, our paths will cross again. And um, I just want to yeah, let everybody know. I hope so. 
Yeah, man. Thank you. And I just want to let everyone know if you if you want to catch up on all the Paddlecast episodes, you can go to British Canoeing Paddlers Portal. It's all on there. It's all on our Facebook and you can get it through the Clear Access Clear Waters website. I just want to let you yeah. also know next week we've got this super cool guest, Hugo Tagholm. He's an environmentalist, an award-winning campaigner, a surfer and founder of Surfers Against Sewage. So it's going to be really interesting talk. You can come and tune in for that if you want, Bill. Chum us all along. But I just want to say cool. thank you once again for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy it, whether you're watching live or watching again. And see you next week at 7 o'clock. All right. See you, guys. Yeah. See you later. Thank you, Bill. Bye. See you, Tim.